Business Prorata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Mack. On today's show, Mobile's mega merger gets court approval and AOC gets a challenger. But first, Amazon raises the temperature on Trump. So you might remember that the Pentagon last October awarded a massive $10 billion cloud computing contract to Microsoft, even though almost everyone had expected it would be awarded to Amazon. This is the so-called Jedi contract, and Amazon was none too pleased to lose, particularly after a speechwriter for former Defense Secretary Jim Mattis wrote in a book that Trump had ordered Mattis to, quote, screw Amazon on the deal. So one month after the DOD decision, Amazon filed a protest in the U.S. Court of Federal Claims. Then one month after that, Amazon made public a complaint alleging that Trump's private and public attacks on Amazon helped lead to the DOD decision, with Amazon requesting a reevaluation of the proposals. In short, the company argued that Trump was using the DOD budget, quote, for his personal and political ends. Now, fast forward to yesterday, when we all got to see a redacted public motion to depose Trump and current DOD Secretary Mark Esper, the guy who was in place when the final decision on Jedi was made. Amazon basically wants to question Trump about his communications with Esper, to learn more about Mattis' departure, and to uncover any communications between the White House and DOD with Microsoft, Oracle, and other big tech companies. All of this is a bit reminiscent of AT&T complaining about Trump interference in its takeover of Time Warner, which the Justice Department challenged but eventually lost. The difference on that case is that the judge never allowed questions about Trump's influence, saying it was tangential. This time, though, Amazon is arguing that that influence is primary, and it matters because this should be about what is best for national security, not what's best for an elected official. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with NPR business correspondent Alina Salyuk. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. We're now joined by Alina Seljuk, a business correspondent with NPR. Let's start by going back to last October, when DOD first awarded Microsoft the Jedi contract. Leaving the politics and the Trump out of it for a minute, did the pick make sense to you just purely kind of from a technical and strategic perspective? I spent months talking to analysts and observers, and it was kind of interesting to watch that arc of the narrative shift ever so slightly toward this conversation about Amazon and Microsoft being equally qualified for this bid. At first, it was very clear everyone was betting on Amazon. Amazon has a cloud services business that is much bigger than Microsoft. They are the leader in the industry. And suddenly, over the, well, actually not suddenly at all, over the course of a few months as this process dragged on and on and on, Analysts were saying, you know what? Microsoft could take it. Microsoft is not new to the contracting business. They're not new to defense contracting by any stretch of imagination. Maybe it's a 50-50 chance. And so when Microsoft won the contract, it was clearly like a shock to the system. A lot of people were really surprised. But at the same time, kind of saying, you know what? Maybe they did pull this one. On the security part, one of the criticisms of Microsoft, or not even of Microsoft, but of the decision vis-a-vis Microsoft, has been that it doesn't have, in all ways, the same kind of cybersecurity clearance or chops that Amazon had. Legitimate criticism or overblown? Well, on the paper, Amazon does have the security clearances and the security qualifications that Microsoft does not. They had already struck a deal with the CIA to do a cloud contract there. They had accomplished all of the top security clearances for that. 
Microsoft was sort of, my understanding was sort of like a promise that they would get there in time or they would get there in a quick ramp up. So that, I guess, is part of the conversation we're in now is sort of what were the technical qualifications that allowed Microsoft to actually win on the criteria that the DOD had set out that at first appeared to be only qualifying for Amazon. So Amazon's kind of redacted public motion that they put out yesterday uh, really is almost kind of a request for information that they wanted to pose Trump. They wanted to pose uh, DOD Secretary Esper, et cetera. Leaving aside what Amazon would like to learn, have we on the outside in the last whatever it's been now, four months, have we learned anything new about the decision process or not yet? Not a huge amount. No. A lot of the Newish information did come out from the filings in this lawsuit that Amazon is pursuing against the Pentagon. Some of the things are super inside baseball, sort of like who met with whom, what were the conversations, you know, what kind of documents exchanged hands, what kind of statements were made in these private meetings. On the face of it, we are sort of dealing with a lot of the same public statements that President Trump has made about Amazon, about this contract, public statements made by other Pentagon officials about the contracting process. And that's kind of where we are in the media conversation about this. We're dealing with public statements, which is actually kind of unusual. I mean, if you think about it, it is kind of a unique situation where we are dealing with very public statements from the president of the United States about this very specific defense contract. But then on the flip side, this really, really, really long document from Amazon does outline a few sort of nitty gritty details that they are suggesting, sort of alleging that there might have been some conversation that they want to bring to light in the filing. You know, Amazon also, as part of this, has kind of tried to block Microsoft from starting the work, from starting work on Jedi until the courts can resolve this other issue. Do we have any sense if that's going to be successful? And right now, really, when it comes to Jedi and Microsoft, is Microsoft doing work or are they sitting here just in limbo waiting for this other piece to fall? They are in conversations with the Defense Department. They're starting to ramp up. It's sort of like this preliminary pre-work work, if you will. The DOD had agreed to sort of not start, like, full-scale launch of the project until today, actually. Today is the day when they may start actually launching Jedi. But separate from that, you're right, there is a request from Amazon to court to put essentially a restriction or a block on this work until the litigation is resolved. And we are expecting a ruling from the judge on that matter, kind of in the matter of days or weeks, probably days. You know, it's one thing to say that even they can maybe dispose Trump or Esper, they might even find exactly what they want, which is some smoking gun beyond the Jim Mattis books, you know, saying that Trump interfered with this. All of that said, is there any reason to believe that Amazon could truly get this decision actually reversed and get this massive contract? Or is this ultimately, if it wins, really a PR win for them and maybe a way for them to get future customers who might be surprised that the Pentagon chose Microsoft over them? There is no telling. I mean, this is super uncharted waters at this point. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. 
Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a U.S. District Court judge who ruled earlier this morning that Sprint and T-Mobile can proceed with their $26 billion mega merger over the objection of 13 states' attorneys general. What we know for sure about the merger is that it will reduce the number of national mobile carriers from four to three, albeit now a stronger number three. What remains unclear, though, is what this means for competition and for prices. Sprint and T-Mobile argued in court that this would be a net positive since it puts new pressures on market leaders Verizon and AT&T. The AGs argued that the smaller number of players will result in increased prices for everyone. The judge basically said, it's impossible for me to pick which crystal ball is correct, so I don't have legitimate grounds to block the deal. And it took him about 173 pages to say that. So the merger is, at least in theory, moving forward, so long as it can get some regulatory approval in California and if the AGs don't appeal. And finally, former CNBC anchor Michelle Caruso Cabrera announced this morning that she will challenge for the New York City congressional seat currently held by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This will be in the Democratic primary, since it's hard to see any Republican winning in a Bronx and Queens district, and presents not just a high-profile challenger for the Democrats' most high-profile freshman, but also will serve as a proxy for the intra-party fight between socialism and capitalism. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great National Peppermint Patty Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.